Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Father, we give you all the praise. We bless your name for what you're doing. We thank you for what you will do. We bless your name for today's service. We thank you, Lord, for being a faithful God. Daddy will say, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. As the Lord through your word, Lord, we pray you would exalt yourself with you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat, please. God bless us all in Jesus' name. We started off last week by talking about made by God. And we're talking about basically the process by which God makes his people. The process by which God makes his people. And you know, when we read the the scripture that we read earlier before, which was um, Luke, the Bible says, it says, it says, will a, a man that wants to go to war, he said, will he not take, if he sees that he cannot use 10,000 to fight 12, 20,000. So that means that what he's saying is not necessarily numbers. He's talking about the quality of men. We discussed last week when we looked at Joshua versus the other 70 elders and we saw why those ones perished even though they were anointed and why Joshua was able to proceed. And as we begin to look it a bit further, I will just say, you know, made by God, we are looking at the core issue in the process of his making. What I will share with you today, even as we go through these things, you know, I, I got to that point also when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. He says, he says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his, his craftiness, your mind will stray away from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. I have discovered that as I begin to, as God is helping me to know him more and more, I know, yes, during the week, I got to a point, I was thinking, is it this simple? And you know, you, you begin to discover as we go on, is that, is that the core of Christianity, at times what happens is that I have discovered that the more complicated it is, you know, when people are talking about, the revelation that is not in scripture. You know, somebody will say, um, while I was reading, Elijah came to meet me and Elijah began to explain something that's not in scripture. You know, when we begin to complicate things, he said that is how the devil begins to switch people away from God. When you are going into too much complications. And we start by the process as we look at being made by God. Isaiah chapter 41, he says, Fear not, you worm of Jacob. You are you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with a sharp teeth. He said, You shall you shall you shall thresh the the mountains and beat them small and make them like shafts. Do you know what is weird about what he says? You warm. Basically, you know, warm is the most. <laughs> you cannot even use. Warm cannot stand anything. 
God said, when I finish walking on you, when I mold you, you become so strong that your impact would, would, would bring down mountains. And Jesus began to ask his disciples when he saw them. He said, follow me and I will make you. So God, Jesus is saying, you know, this is the, I am here to make you into something. I am here to make you into something. And, and that is the central position we're talking about. That is why the church exists, is to mold the people, is to get, allow them to advance into one purpose of God. Matthew 28, so we have a couple of scriptures here. Matthew 28 says, Then 11 of the disciples went into Galilee and to the mountain, um, sorry, um, to the mountain which we Jesus have appointed for them. Let's go on this. Then mighty said, after them said, go therefore into the world and make disciples of all nations. Now, it is a disciple that can make another disciple. If you don't understand discipleship, you cannot make, you can win people, you can have people to a place, but they cannot be disciples. So we begin to see, and now please notice what Jesus said. Therefore, go and make. So that means that the, there is a process of making. So that also means that I preach the gospel to you, you become a Christian. It is not making. You are just being born. Now, there is a process of making you into a disciple. That's what Jesus was saying. He says, he told them, said, go into the world and make them disciples. Now, Jesus has always, and we saw this last week when we were looking at the foundations of, certain, of, of discipleship, Jesus will always make difference between the crowd and the disciples. Most of the things that you read in the Bible today that Jesus explained, like prayer, like faith, like even in second coming, it wasn't talking to people. In fact, there are persons example who say, Excuse me, I don't understand how what you're doing. These people, yes, they came all the way from their house. They they did all they, they've done. They came to church. But Jesus will speak to them in parable. Some people say, Excuse me, I don't understand. Why are you speaking to them in parable? Said no, see, and that's why we discussed that last week. That there are reasons why God will never entrust. We will not entrust certainty to the hands of people except he is built properly first. Or else what he gives to him will be the one that will, that will kill him. God, and we saw that last week when we looked at the 70 elders of Israel. How the anointing that they received, the prophetic anointing that they received, eventually destroyed them. So we begin to see here, it says, it says, and um, let's go on to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. We're reading the Amplified. Sorry, this, I, I alerted some things as right. It is just me trying to alert a couple of things for us. The Bible says, and Jesus called the crowd together with his disciples. And he said to them, if any one of you wishes to follow me, ask my disciples. 
then he must deny himself. I thought they all came to meet him. After he's read all truth, he had done miracle for them. Jesus doesn't mind doing miracles for these people. But he said, no, if you want it, you must set aside your selfish interests. Take up your trust with your cross. Express a willingness. So that means that it is not that, you know, oh, they are not encouraging me. No. God, Jesus, God said, no, you have to express. Discipleship is not something that you force on you. It is something that you say, I want to do this. So he would say, you know, God has not really spoken to me that he wants to. No, it doesn't work that way. He says, express a willingness to endure whatever comes. And follow me, believing in me, conforming to, to my example in living. So Jesus was saying, don't follow my example in heaven. What how you saw me behave on earth? The characters I expressed is what I expect you to express. So don't say that you know, I saw Jesus in heaven. Oh, he was he was he was radiant in white. So you know, Jesus said, No, no, leave that one. You don't need to know which color I'm wearing in heaven. That is not your problem. Your problem is that you ensure that you are conforming to my example. That is discipleship. That is the process of discipleship. That is how you develop, how you measure matured Christians. Please, look at all that Jesus said here. There's nothing here that has to do with speaking in tongues. I will get there as I begin to express to us what the, 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 the point here is. The Bible says that in Romans, when, when Paul will talk, Romans 8, 28 to 29, he says, and we know that everything works together for good for those who are called and loved. Sorry, those, those who, who are for, for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, what is the purpose that you are called to? What is the purpose that you are called to? He said, for God knew his people in advance. He chose them. Not the, the first reason why you are chosen is not to be a pastor. The first reason why I, I am chosen is not to be a preacher. That is not the reason why I am chosen. The Bible says, this he has chosen them that they may become like his son. So people talk about predestination. Oh, I am predestined. I have to predestination. No, but yet you are predestined for one thing. Oh, I know what God has called me to do on earth. I, I am predestined. You know, this is what you are called to do. This is your ambition to become like Him. That's why I say, you see, what I was saying now, it's not very simple. It's like, you know, is that all? That is all. <laughs> that is all. It's not that complicated. That is all. Now, as we begin to look more into the core 
of the issue gone gone that Jesus is really talking about in this episode. Matthew chapter 11. He says, Come unto me, 28 and 29. All you that labor and are every lady, I will give you rest. Now, this is the process by which you get rest. That is why he said, I heard him like the and said, you shall find the rest for your soul. So what he's saying is that this is the summary of what you are supposed to look for. But that 29 is the details. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I know that NIV and the rest will say, learn from me. King James says, learn of me, because of me is greater than from. Let me give you an example. You can have a teacher in your school or your, in your, your lessons. You can learn from that teacher, Max. But you may, not, you may not even remember his name because you are not learning of him. So many Christians are learning from Christ, not of Christ. In fact, if I see that that teacher is very, I, that, I don't like that teacher. Do you know what we normally do? We're going to look for a good textbook. All those things that the teacher is going to say. So we just come and we just write the exam and we just leave. And you pass. But you have not known. Now, when you are learning of Christ, what is happening is that part of him is coming into you. His character is transforming into you. That is why he said, learn of me. So, there are Christians that are learning from Christ. Oh, Jesus prayed. Oh, he prayed. You, know, you, you are learning from him. But you are not learning of him. Of him means you are taking, you are bringing his lifestyle into you. Learning of him means that you are taking, that is why Jesus was preaching to 5,000 people. The Bible says 5,000 people that he fed. Now, remember that in those days they count men just because of the culture of those days. And so that means that Jesus is talking about that 5,000, let's say that one event, 5,000 uh, people who, get the, um, who, 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 who turn fish to bread. So had plus and take plus children, you're talking about, let's say about 12,000, 13,000 people. If you had women and children. Now, how many disciples did Jesus use? In the Bible, book of Acts. 120. Where did the rest thousands go? That's why the Bible did not call them disciples. Disciples are different. Disciples are those that are ready to take him inside of them. Not those who want to know of him, his principles, 
And Jesus was saying, he said, now let me go back to that, take my yoke upon you. Now, if you don't understand what yoke means, I know Salalu explained this in the Bible the other day. Let's go to the next slide, please. It says, now, this is a yoke. In the days of Jesus, this is what he was talking about. Now, what happens is that there are two animals, but one is more experienced. One knows the root well. So, the other one, the younger one, takes on the yoke of the older one, and the older one shows him how to go. It begins to learn from that person. It begins to learn from one of the, um, let's, say this, let's say this side, this one here, is the one, is the master. So when Jesus said, take on my yoke, what he's saying is that, see, you know, can you imagine if this one wants to run? It's impossible. If you are running and you are running so far, you are not on the yoke. Jesus is saying, if the lead one turns his neck the other one, what will happen? The other one will do what? Will turn his neck. When somebody is in discipleship, why you feel pain at times when you do something wrong? It's because the master is trying to turn his head that way. You are also trying to turn your head the other way. Why is it always difficult for me when I want to? It's not because you're on a yoke. Other ones are not on a yoke. They are just, you know, they are just, they are, they are grazing around. Each time they, you know, you know, it's, that's what Jesus said, take my yoke on you. Now, please note again that Jesus said, you have to take it. I will not put my yoke on you. You have to take my yoke on you. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. So, you know, when <laughs> some people say, no, why do I have to be different? Because you have a yoke on your neck. That is it's as simple as that. So if I see other animals grazing around, I don't have because I tied my neck to something. Now, the aim of the gospel, the effort of the church is to everybody as we gather together, is to, is to ensure that we transform to be like Jesus. It's a long journey, but it's a journey that we, that's why when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And please, do you notice that Jesus did not say, seek first the kingdom of God and seek second? Because there is no second. You will not have time to look for the second one. That's why he said, everything, while you are looking for it, it will be harder. Because there is no second, once you are looking for the kingdom of God, there is no second thing to look for. There is no second thing to look for. So the Bible says in John, uh, first John, let's read on this. The Bible says, beloved, he said, beloved, now we are children of God. We don't yet know, we, sorry, it, it, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be like. But we know that when 
we, we, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Why? Because we are in the process of keeping on being transforming ourselves to be like him. Now, the Bible now says, everyone, if this is your hope as a Christian, that I will one day, when Jesus comes, I would be like him. He said, if everyone who has this hope, that means it is not everyone, that means he's not saying that all beloved. That means he's not saying that all Christians will necessarily have this. He said, but everyone who has this hope of, be, of becoming like Jesus, they will purify themselves. They will purify themselves. So, so the main goal of my journey as a Christian is simple to become like him. That is the essence of my discipleship. We will see as Jesus begins to describe it even in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 4. He says, he says he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, for some teachers, for the equipping of the saints. We say that if if my job is not is not equipping you, then my job is useless. He says, edifying the body of Christ until we come to the unity of the, of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, a, to a perfect man. Another version will say, a matured man to full measure and stature of Christ. So basically. The whole thing that we are doing is to keep moving you to become like Jesus. To become like Jesus. See, in the early church, there was nothing else we were preaching. They only had one sermon. Any sermon that they were teaching is Jesus. There was nothing else to teach. Oh, that's boring because you don't know. You don't understand what, what the teaching of, of Christ is. First Corinthians chapter 2. I've just read a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. It says, Brethren, he said, When I came to you, I did not come to you with excellent speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you but Christ. So Paul is saying, when I come to your church, one, I don't want to know who is rich or who is poor. It's irrelevant. I don't want to know what your certificate is. It's irrelevant to me. In fact, I don't want to know if you are the pastor, prophets, whatever gift you are operating in. Paul said, what I am looking for in you is Christ. How well have you developed to become more like Jesus? But I don't care what you do. If Christ is not being revealed in your character as a person, 
then I, I am concerned that there's a problem. I don't, it doesn't matter where, what you're doing. Paul said, he said, he said, he said, for I am determined. So Paul is saying, you know, when he said I am determined, what he says that you know, I know there are distractions. You will come to, I will come to your church, you or to your you first of all say, Oh, did you see how God spoke to me last night? And Paul said, you know, I will deliberately close my ears to all those kind of conversations and say, okay, let us let's talk about the real thing. You will read again in Acts chapter 8. You will see that the, the apostles will say, say, and Philip opened his mouth and he began to and, and he began at the scripture preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. 8 chapter 5. Sorry, um, no, is that did we um, sorry, okay. One was Simon, but let's go to Acts chapter 5, verse 42. He says, daily in the temple, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching what? Jesus. It wasn't, that was no dimension of teaching. The teaching, they were continually teaching was Jesus. God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Now, see, you don't get, we don't get bored about the teachings of Christ. Jesus said in a read in Amplified Version, he said, and, and he said these things. Many believe, and many believed in him. So these were believers, people who had believed in Jesus. And Jesus now says to them, so Jesus was saying to, to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, what he says, if you continually obey my teachings, living according, living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. So that was there will be fake disciples. So people will hear first the word and you know, and they'll begin to look for more advanced. Advanced, and you know, and, you know there, there, there are other things that we should be talking about. Jesus said, "If you continue in this, in this simple words, see whatever you read in scriptures, and this is where whatever you read in scriptures, whichever scripture you read." It is speaking about one person, Jesus. If you read about Moses, Moses is only pointing to one person, Jesus. So you will read in John chapter 5, verse 39 and to 40. The Bible says, you studied the scriptures diligently. Because you think in the scriptures you would have eternal life. Excuse me, what do you think you have in scriptures? Eternal life. But Jesus said, this scripture testify of me. Yet, when you see me, when it comes to receiving my life, my character, you refuse. You are happy to read scripture as long as it is not about changing your person into Christ. 
you are you are okay to do everything else except it involves when it is about Jesus is saying when it's pointing to me. See, let me say this. The Bible is written for one reason. There are so many things that happen in the world that the Bible does not detail. Why? Because the Bible is not a book to understand the world. The Bible is written for one purpose. The salvation of men. John chapter 20 verse 13. He says, he says, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. But, but which are not written in this book. Sorry, I was supposed to have 31. Which are not written in this book. Verse 31 says that, but the things that is written in this book is so that you can believe. So he saying there are so many books, so many miracles that Jesus has done that you can say, oh, he said, no, the point is not how many miracles Jesus did. The summary is so that you can know that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is the Son of God. If you go to the next, um, are you trying to have to? Amen. So I just trying to see if they can display that anyone, if it's possible. Yeah. Okay. He said. He said, truly, Jesus did other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But, the, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and, and that believing you may have life in his name. Oh, you know, as I was praying, oh God, so there was deeper revelation. Excuse me, if that revelation has nothing to do That will not add to your salvation. It's probably not, not, not. You know, I was talking to somebody recently. I said I was just sharing certain things with them. So I shared something with them, and I said, "This thing you probably you not you you probably not have had me talk about it outside." And I said, "So I shared the the experience I had, and I said, do you know why I don't preach about it?" I said, well, "I said because it is not doctrine." It is not beneficial to anybody. It is not hiding to anybody's job. It's not everything. Ah, oh, you know. So you haven't hidden anything to people's life. He said, the Bible says that it says, these things are written that you may believe. Let me give you another example. People say, ah, where did um, Cain, Abel, where did they get all their wives that they married from? And this and this and this and this and that. Those things, see. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, verse 4. Now, when you read Leviticus, and the Bible says that people should stop marrying one another's brothers, what does that mean? 
That means they were doing it before. And God said there has to be a stop to it. Scientifically, if you begin to study genetics and things, and you discover why God said so. So that means that Cain and Abel married probably their sisters. Why do, you, why do I know that? Because Genesis chapter 5 verse 4 says, Cain, sorry, after Seth, the days of Adam was 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. At 800, you can imagine how many children he had. Why did the Bible not talk, 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 tell us about his children? Because he has nothing to do with your salvation. That's what I'm trying to point out. Oh, there is a book that I read. It is seven books of Moses. It has nothing to do with your salvation. See, this is why Paul was saying, ah, the devil will make things complicated for you. At times, Christians do not understand why the entire Bible is written. Why did God not talk about other countries except Israel in the Bible? Because he's tracing your salvation. God, God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So the focus of our Christian journey, my concern should be, am I becoming more and more like Jesus? That is the first priority. In fact, the only priority you have What about my enemies? The Bible says, if a man whose way pleases the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. See, that's why you will not see the apostles teach so many things in the Bible. What we now have that people say, so I had one pastor, that was the last time I, I listened to him. He said, he said, I too should be able to tell you details of God. Paul is also a man of God like me. I said, but the problem is that Paul's word has been tested over years. Yours are just telling us now. There's a, there's a version of the scriptures out there. Passion. Please be careful about it. Most of the Bible you read, KJV, NIV, and this, there are scripts to back it up. One, two, they go through series of committees of not only Christians but people who study history to go and validate each script. Now we have this man who's writing, who's writing Bible in portions, and he's saying to us that that um, um, John, the book of John, still has. And that chapter that God revealed to him in heaven wants to have to it. But again, if you look at it, he's the only one, he's the auditor and the, uh, everything of the, of the Bible. So when you want to read new version, please go and read who are those that sat down, which committee did it go through, which part of the world did it go through, where did they validate their scripts from? Just let you know. Because <laughs> you begin to see it. Is, you know, ah, but why does my own chapter has another different chapter? 
The same thing is, is the same issues is what you have with the Jehovah Witness Bible. It is not edited anywhere outside the Jehovah Witness Bible. God will help, grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, see, the Bible says we 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 the Bible says um, in in Mark chapter, he says, Mark says he goeth up into the mountain, and he calls, he calls, sorry, he calls to himself, and that they would come. Sorry, sorry, let's start again. He said he goeth up into into a mountain, and he called unto him whom he would, and and they came unto him. So when Jesus first of all called them, his first priority is that they will be what? They will be with him. Now, the Bible says, in our ordained, anointed truth, that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach. I don't, and I can put might in both. But what I'm trying to say is that when he says they should be with him, what, what this is, if I may, should is a definite. Might is probability. Does that make sense? So when God calls you first, he did not call me first to come and preach. That is maybe. But my whole, my major priority is to be with him. What am I doing with him? Sit with him. You are learning from him. See, the Bible says he was on the mountain. And that he called them that he may send them. If he was about sending them, you know, Jesus would have said, Peter, you, go to XYZ. But that was not it. What God said was, no, come and be with me. Anything you want, I want you to do, I might tell you to go or not go. My priority in life is not a preacher. My priority, according to scriptures, is to be with Jesus. When you understand these things well, either you preach or you are sitting down, it makes no difference. Because the priority is to be with him, not to preach. He said that they should be with him first, and he may decide to send them. He might send them to preach. That's why Paul was saying, Paul said, Paul said, I want to know him, Philippians 3 says, yes, know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. What is the position of Christ in death? Conquered sin, death to sin. So Paul said, you know, I don't want to express anointing power. No, I, my target is to become like him. Become like him. I know this may, I know I, I said it earlier that you know, it may, 
it may seem like you know he, he, he's just basic because that is that is what that is the most important thing Corinthians chapter 3 and I'll just try to put this in the Bible says here it says but their minds are blinded until you know, for until this day the veil remain remain unlifted in reading of the of the whole testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil is still on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken. I would explain what well. It now says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It says, we with unveiled faces, behold in, behold, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. What does that mean? It means that when you gather in a place, one of the things is that as the only way you can change is when Christ is unveiled before you. And as Christ is unveiled before you, you will be changing. That is why when the apostles are preaching, the only thing they are trying to do to people is to keep unveiling Jesus before them. Because as Christ is being unveiled before them, they become changed. So if I am not unveiling Jesus to you, I should not be complaining that you are not changing. Because the only instrument of change is when Christ is unveiled. Does this make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says that where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And that's what people don't understand. I know when we um, Matthew chapter one verse thirty one, it says, "It says for his name will be Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins." So where the spirit of God is liberty, one of the greatest liberty God wants to bring is to deliver him from sins. As we just read this couple of scriptures. So I'll tell you Romans chapter 8, verse 32. The Bible says, He that did not spare his son, but delivered him for horse hall. How shall he with his son not give us every other thing freely. How shall he with his son not give you every other thing freely? What are you looking for? Protection. God would give you with his son. Do you know what the problem is? Is that when you say I am looking for healing. And you have not, I can see that your growth, you are not, your development in Christ, you are not even bothered about it. What I do, I give you all other things and I hide 
healing from you. So when, when God was providing that healing, he wasn't providing that healing alone. He was providing it along with Christ. So let me put that, let me give you this example. It's as if you go to McDonald's and I serve you chips with ketchup. But what I do when I pray for you and I'm not concerned about your growth, I give you ketchup and I take away the chips. So what you do, you lick the ketchup, it's sweet. But the chips is missing. That's why I said, God gives us everything along with Christ. That's why I said, hey, this is the, if God can give us his child, will he not give you everything? So that what I said, the, the major thing there is Christ. So when I say, you know, I am teaching you X, Y, Z, and I am not expressing Christ through it, what I have done, I have given you ketchup and taken the main food out of it. It will sweet good, it will taste good, but it will never feed you. It will taste good, but it doesn't have any kind of nutrient as such to your body. As we close this, It's important that we understand that the major role why you are your goal as a Christian is only one. Strive to be like Jesus. That is the discipleship that you are called to. See, I want to be a good husband. Be like Jesus. You would become a good husband. I want to be a good father. Be like Jesus. Let your see. Don't read about being. Um, I'm not You can see. You can read about all those books, but if your focus really is to become more and more like Jesus, you discover that character issues, lying. Fighting, everything will begin to. So you don't need to read my anger management because your your target is to be like Jesus. See, Jesus, we, the expression we are talking about is not moral. We are not talking about morality here. That's why when Jesus wanted to give them, wanted to give them his life. The disciples got to a point. In their journey of discipleship. And Jesus spoke to them in John chapter 16. Jesus said, There is still more I need to teach you in this journey of discipleship. But the problem is that you cannot bear it. He says, but when the true spirit of truth will come, it will have a way of teaching you. Basically, it will have a 
way of allowing you to progress in this journey. Please, can I ask you a question? When, before the disciples got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, do you know that they healed the sick? Do you know that they raised, they, they, they prayed for demons and demons left? So the book of Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 2, the descendant of the Holy Spirit was not so that you can perform miracles because the disciples were doing it before them. That's why Jesus said, there are so many things I want to tell you now. There are things you need to know. You need to improve in your character as a Christian. That is why you saw Peter misbehaving before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, all the Christian life of going back and forth, they disappeared. So what I'm trying to say is that the day of Pentecost did not come. That is when Malachi was going to talk about the Holy Spirit. He said, he said, it shall come like a refiner's fire. He said, it shall begin to purge you. It shall begin to purge you. Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.